As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. This is the Civilized Barking Podcast with Zach Jackson. Hey everybody, thanks for coming to Civilized Barking. It's Browns Steelers Week. That always means something. It means a lot right now. Um, I don't think the season's over for the team that loses Sunday's game. But man, it's uh, <laughs> the winter is in a lot better shape. Uh, the weather's supposed to be decent. I know ticket prices are through the roof. I know First Energy Stadium will be rocking. And, and uh, for the Browns, they have a chance to finish a three-game homestand with two wins. They come off a little bit of extra rest. They should be healthy. You know, we think Nick Chubb's going to play. We think Jack Honklin is going to play. Um, it's Thursday morning as this is being recorded. It looks like Baker Mayfield's going to play. At least the practice reps from what we were told on Wednesday indicate that he's going to. We will see how that goes. The Steelers are off their bye week. Um, they have a really good defense. Their offense doesn't scare me. It shouldn't really scare anyone. Um, and I think the Browns' defensive line should really – Give that offensive line fits. Now, um, off off the time to refresh and regroup, you know, Ben should be okay. Uh, Deontay Johnson and Chase Claypool are good players. And the first-round rookie, Najee Harris, does a lot for that offense. So, you know, will they get the rookie tight end, Pat Fryermuth, involved? Um, Anthony McFarland, second year back, off of IR, might provide some juice in the running game. We'll see. Um, or, you know, on some swing passes, just giving Najee Harris a break, really. Um, in a little bit, we will talk to my compadre, Mark Caboli, um, about the Steelers. So, again, like, we'll, we'll break it down and we'll get into it, but it's just it's just a big game. It's just It just really is. And it's, it's too early for sweeping conclusions, um, and that includes the team that loses, you know, falling into fourth place. That includes – saying that the Bengals are officially back or about to take the AFC by storm. They've been impressive, right? Um, and they whomped the Ravens last week in Baltimore, which if you're listening to this from the Pittsburgh side or the Cleveland side, you know that's not easy to do. But it is still October. Every team has one game left in October. We're just getting to the midpoint of this longest NFL season ever. Um, the Browns are, are trying to get healthy. They're trying to get right. The Steelers, this is kind of their last stand, so we'll see. Um, the trade deadline is next Tuesday. 
as I've written and, and discussed, you know, I would expect the Browns to be quiet. I think the Browns are always in on discussions. I think the Browns are always looking to get better, but they're not trading anybody, right? They have eight or 10 starters who have some sort of injury, so they're not looking to get thinner. Um, you know, would they be buyers? I don't know. Um, I think they would always explore cornerback pass rusher. I think the state of the receiving core is scary bad. You know, Jarvis Landry has another knee injury. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who was starting to come on, got hurt in pregame warm-ups. We don't know what his status is. Odell is obviously playing through injury and has, has not been a consistent factor in any game. I mean, he had two really big catches in the Broncos game to spark that big drive. They were his only two catches. Um, defenses do not fear Odell Beckham right now. They, they just don't. Uh, Rashard Higgins has been a non-factor. The tight ends we've seen. You know, Hooper had an, a nice game, and we've seen one game from David Njoku, and the next game they go to David Njoku, and he drops it. So um, I could see the Browns looking to add something to that receiving core. I just I, I'm not sure that it happens. Now, maybe if Jarvis is going to miss some time, and again, right now, you know, 72 hours from kickoff, we don't know that. Um, you, you know, maybe. I, I just, like I said, I, I would expect a quiet trade deadline from the Browns, and I would expect – you know, I, I just put it this way. I, I, I don't know. I If Baker plays, I'm, I'm surprised, right? He's gone out of his way to tell everybody the extent of the injury. If you watch even casually, you know he's clearly not been right in trying to play through it. They sat him um, because he was playing too much pain, because the swelling was too much. It, it was the right thing to do. Um, in his two good seasons, he has not gotten really hot until the back half of the year. So maybe he will get healthy, and maybe this offense will rev up. Certainly getting the O-line back and certainly getting Nick Chubb back will help that. As good as Dearness Johnson was, what a story, what a performance. Um, I know that for three seasons the Browns have loved having Dearness Johnson on the team and felt like that he did everything he could to contribute. I don't think anybody has ever seen him be that fast. I mean, holes opened and he exploded through them, and it felt like after he made a first couple cuts and, and got some chunk runs that his confidence just took off. So – you know, few guys in the league finish runs and finish drives like Kareem Hunt. The Browns still miss him. But if they can get Chubb, you know, 20-ish carries on Sunday and mix in Dearness, he can chew up some yards, make some people miss, throw some blocks, keep people honest. Uh, we'll see. You know, I if you have to have any limitations in the game plan because of Baker's injury and what, what he can do, where he can throw, how he can roll out, then, you know, I have reservations about him even playing. That said, there's nothing in this organization's DNA that says they would rush a guy back or, or do something just for the sake of doing it. So we will see. Um, you know, if you read on The Athletic, you know, I did the written Asking Jackson mailbag. It came out on Wednesday, I believe. Um, the problem with that is, you know, I only get to six or seven questions and we're at 2,600 words and nobody wants to keep going on that. So I'm going to go here um, and scroll some some questions I didn't get to in that. Uh, just three or four of them, and then we'll get Kaboli on here to talk Steelers. So question from Matthew. How important is a player like JOK to this defense already? Very important. You've seen the speed. You've seen the range. Um, he's going to miss at least two more games with a high ankle sprain. You know, those things can linger. It could end up being four to six weeks. So um, everybody knows this is this four-game stretch, right, for the Browns. They're four and three. They go Steelers. At Bengals, at Patriots, the Lions um, have to get at least two, and three and one puts you sitting pretty. If you are seven and four going into that Ravens double, 
you're fine. You're going to be right there in the division race, I believe. You're going to be right there in the playoff race. And, and JOK um, brings a lot to this defense. So, you know, I, I think in some ways he just misses the development time of playing, of going through practice, of seeing how teams attack him, of seeing what what goes on. But, I mean, look, the Browns like Anthony Walker. He's here to be a leader. Um, he's nothing like JOK. They hope to get Jacob Phillips back, and he's a big, fast athlete. He's not as fast as JOK. Right. They played a bunch of base defense against Denver because of Denver's offensive setup. It was nice to see Mac Wilson have a good game. You know, Taki Taki seems to make one play every game when he's in, but not two. Um, JOK is the best linebacker on this team, and he's a hell of a find if he's healthy. The Browns need him healthy, and they need him to be impactful. Um, question for Mitch What will it take from the defense in the final t- 10 games for Joe Woods to keep or lose his job? It's a valid question, Mitch. I can tell you when the Browns prepare every week, and and this goes to about 10 of the other questions too, Um, is the Browns prepare every week and try to beat the Steelers and then go try to beat the Bengals and figure out a way to get guys healthy and and get this offense um, a little more consistent specifically in the past game because seven pass touchdowns in seven games in 2021 is just not acceptable. And to think you have a winning record when you do that says you've done some other things we're at, right? But – Part of what I'm trying to say in this ramble is that nobody's talking about Joe Woods' future, and no one's talking about Baker Mayfield's future. They're trying to get guys to practice. They're trying to get game plans installed, and they're trying to find a way to win the game, right? It's get Clowney healthy. We need him on Sunday. It's keep Garrett healthy. We need him on Sunday. It's get these corners ready for Ben to be healthy enough to test him down the field, right? Um you know, you would like to look at the Denver game as a big step for John Johnson and for this defense. Denver was awful. I mean, just embarrassingly bad. Teddy Bridgewater, no threat. Um, Slow-moving offense, not a lot of imagination. It, it was a nice effort from the Browns' defense. They're going to need better. So, now, in seven games, we've seen the defense play well. We've also seen the defense play extremely poorly. they got to get those communication issues fixed, and the, and the secondary has to deliver. Um, there will be a time. In December and January, things will sort themselves out, Mitch and everyone else, right? And then we'll go forward knowing what the big picture questions are. But I, I, I just can't sit here and think that Joe Woods' job status has anything to do with with getting ready for the Steelers, you know, or or the Bengals. Um, this question made the mailbag. The season may come down to back to back games against the Ravens. You know, what do they need to do in the next two weeks? Well. You need to try to win. These are division games. The Browns haven't had one. The Steelers have already lost the division game. You can pretty much bury them. Can you anyway? I hesitate to say it. I think you probably can, right? Um, you just you need to get healthy. You need to play well. And I thought in the Denver game, the Browns were back to a much more Kevin Stefanski game plan, misdirection early, running the ball, establishing things. They got a 10-0 lead. They have to get a 10-0 lead on the Steelers to feel comfortable. That would be a great way to do things. They don't have to. Um, I misspoke there, but that would be a great way to do things. And then the defense, of course, played accordingly. The Broncos only had two first downs in the first half. And then after they finally put a drive together to start the third quarter, and the Browns made them earn at 13 plays, um, they came back with 13 plays of their own. So this team's identity is in running the ball and letting that open up everything else. And they, they need to do that and do that well. The Steelers have a really good defense. The Steelers have been run on. The Broncos ran on them. The Seattle Seahawks with Alex Collins and Geno Smith at quarterback, no threat to really throw it, ran on them. Um, 
Nick Chubb and Dearness Johnson can have a big game Sunday, and they need to. Question for Matt, any idea what the parade route will be when we win the Super Bowl? I think it will go right by Dearness House at this point. Um, yeah, question from Josh. I'm going to read this, and, and we'll get out of here. Um, I don't know if it's going to pertain, but his question is, is this too much of a simplification to say that the biggest difference between Baker and Keenum Although the Browns lose the potential for big plays with Keenum, the more routine and mundane plays will be completed more consistently than with Baker at this point. You know, Josh, I, I don't know that anybody can say that with 100% certainty. The thing about Case Keenum is they trust him implicitly to carry what from the meeting room to the practice field to the huddle or, or you know, from the sideline into the huddle. They, they know what it's supposed to look like, where he's supposed to go with it. And I'm not saying they don't with Baker. Um I just I think Case is is a master of that offense and of knowing his limitations. You know Baker has has been not been able to throw it down the field and certainly not with any accuracy. You know due to the injury, mostly due to the injury, probably right. I think on a lot of a lot of plays um, that an inconsistent Baker is not as good as a consistent Case Keenum over the course of time. Baker is a much better player, a much stronger arm, able to make more throws and keep more plays alive. Um, and if you play Case Keenum for more than a couple of games, teams are going to figure out the three places that he can throw the ball, and they're going to sit there and wait. So, again, I, I think it, it, it always – and this goes for either of those guys playing. The game plan, the execution, catching the passes, getting Jarvis Landry back, right? Nine of the first 12 plays the other day were runs to the left or, or passes or tosses to Jarvis Landry. <laughs> And on one that was a middle screen to Austin Hooper, it involved motion to Jarvis Landry. So it takes a village. It takes all of them. And I think it's really about the Browns, you know, their roots and what what their strengths are getting done. So um, always send me the Ask and Jackson questions. Thank you for listening. Thank you for reading. Don't go away. Um, Let us press the buttons and bring in the great Mark Caboli. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right, we go east to everybody in the AFC North's best buddy, Mark Caboli. He's covered the Steelers for a long time. He's getting on the turnpike Sunday uh, to come on into the ballgame. Mark, I I don't want to overstate it right because i think we all get caught in this and i'm always the one telling everybody you know it's a long season don't don't be caught in the moment but the winner of this game is going to feel good about themselves and the loser of this game is going to be in some deep shit i think that's fair (laughs) yeah i mean from the steelers perspective zach i mean you win this game you go to four and three right then you got a monday night game against chicago at home and a sunday game after that at home against detroit 
So all of a sudden, if you're able to take one from Cleveland, still one up there, you're six and three after what a one and three start. That's not a bad position to be in for the Steelers heading down the stretch here. So from that perspective, it's it's pretty significant for them to even have a playoff hopes after you know losing those three games in a row they did to uh, uh, I forget now who Green Bay and. Raiders and uh, somebody else. Yeah. Oh, the Bengals, my buddies, the Bengals, right. who are by far the best team in the AFC North right now. So I'm sure Cleveland can use some time to heal a little bit, but I don't think they have four months worth of uh, uh, bye weeks to get to all those injuries yeah. healed up there. No, I mean, I, I they're expecting Chubb back. You know, we'll see what happens with Baker. I mean, Wednesday the vibe was that they're going to play Baker, so – we will see. Um, you know, I tell know you, each other. I'll tell you what, Zach, real, real quick. I don't think it matters in Pittsburgh if Baker plays or not, and that's no disrespect to Baker. It's just the Steelers are so focused on and so worried about that offensive line in that running game because they struggled really bad against Seattle, a very similar running game, that they think that no matter who's quarterback in there, it's not going to matter because if they run like they did, Right. last week against Denver and how the Steelers gave up a ton of yards in the second half against the Seahawks, it doesn't matter who the quarterback's going to be. So that's what they're more worried about here. Yeah, I mean, for 100 years, it's been hard to run on the Steelers, <laughs> but the last two games, it hasn't. So what's going on there? It's the outside zone. It's that one cut, you know, backside stuff. They've always struggled with this. Always, if you go back to games against Baltimore, who was always good at doing that. And it's it's just as I I mean if I got to hear the word gap integrity, and one more time out of these guys, it's like yes, it's always get gap integrity when it comes to this. The problem is Zach, the 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 front three or the front four they use, the, the rotation they use on the defensive line is extremely young. They used to be a veteran group, but when mm-hmm. Tyson Alu Alu's out for the season, he's thirty four and been around fifteen years. Stephon Tuitt's out; he's been around what a decade. You're replacing them with Chris Wormley and Henry Mondu and uh, Isaiah Bugs and Isaiah Loudermilk. And I guarantee nobody listening to this even knows who those guys are. Right. You know, maybe Loudermilk, maybe because he came from Wisconsin and got some Ohio State fans up there. But other than that, there's young guys. They have to be disciplined. And if one guy's out of a gap, that's how that offense works. You don't have to. You don't have to blow open a hole. You don't have to say, "Hey, we're going in the old." You know, when you played in the Pee Wee League, the three hole. You can go in any hole you want, whatever one's <laughs> open, right? So right. that's that's the problem. They just they got some young guys across the front. They miss a lot of tackles against, against Seattle. So those two things don't mix when, and then you throw together a at least that three interior beast that Cleveland have of offensive linemen. I know the tackles are good, but those three interior are unbelievable. Um, that makes it that makes him worried. Uh, Mrs. Loudermilk, <laughs> thank you for listening to the show. Uh, <laughs> all right, Mark. So these, these teams know each other, obviously, and you know for the first time in a long time, the Browns carry some continuity in terms of system, like you said, the wide zone and just the coaching staff and the and you know really a core of even though this, the coaching staff's only in the second year, a core of players that have been here two or three, three or four years, even. Um, they played each other twice in a row last year. There's not a ton different, but yeah. the Steelers went and got Najee Harris, and he's yeah. been busy. So, 
you know, how good is he and how different is this offense right now than the last time the Browns saw this? They, they have to, it, it all depends. They have to be committed to him. And the last two games against, I believe, Denver and Seattle, they were committed to it, even if it didn't work early on. Um, they were committed to it and they were able to keep his numbers high, as in touches, and keep Roethlisberger's numbers low. When I mean by low, I mean in the 30s. And that's always been the formula they wanted to use to be able to win this year. They didn't want Roethlisberger to throw 40 or 50 times because they knew that that, that was not going to be a recipe for success. So at least they're getting back to that. They're getting healthier along the offensive line. Zach Banner is back. We're not quite sure if he's starting or not yet, but a six foot nine, 350-pound right tackle just pushes people out of the way. It would be better than what they currently have there. But uh, they're going to want to run the ball. They're going to do the run the ball. They're going to try to get the ball into Deontay Johnson's hands early and make him run after the catch. And they're going to try to take a couple of shots. But Najee is a guy that will grate you and wear on you. Then be able to, before you look it up, you're going to look up and you're going to have like 23 carries for 85 yards. But then you're going to see, wow, he had like six catches for 40 yards as well. Their whole offense is basically based around him. And if they continue to feed him the ball, they're going to be in games. To me, the better the week is under. I mean, the weather forecast is okay, but I mean, this is first 17 or 20 wins, right? Both teams want to run. <laughs> Neither team <laughs> wants to do anything crazy, right? And I, I think, like you uh, say, 23 for 85, I think, you know, you don't turn a ball over and get your lead back to 23 or 25. It probably means good things. Yeah, I mean, both teams want to run the ball. Both teams don't want to put it in the hands of their quarterbacks. Uh, both teams got injured receivers, right? Yeah. Both guys got some injuries on the defensive side as well. I mean, I still wouldn't sleep on Roethlisberger. He tends to pull out his A game for the most part when he's in Cleveland or Cincinnati. It does mean something to him. He did some sort of backhanded compliment or something on Wednesday saying that he's really feels the weight lift off his shoulders because he's not the all-time winningest <laughs> quarterback in Ohio. Did anymore. he laugh? It's I mean, like, did someone prompt him for that, Mark, or did he just come up with that himself? He's, no, he's just – he's very subtle. You have to be very he, – he plays it off very well. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm really happy about this. But he knows a dart all way. So uh, he likes to play up there. He Hey, he still can play well if he's protected, and that's what the problem was the first month. He had a whole new offensive line from across the board. He was getting pummeled. I mean, he's still on pace to triple his sacks from last year. You're able to protect him. Maybe he'll throw, make an errant throw here and there, um, but he's still you know, a quality professional quarterback. So um, they'll miss Juju again. He's out with that shoulder for the season. But uh, here's, like I said, there's two things with the Steelers are worried about. Number one is that run game. Is number two is the matchup that they got him last year a couple times, where I believe they uh, flexed Chubb out as an empty set and was able to put Jarvis Landry on linebackers and make big catches. Only difference is this year is they got two linebackers, or supposedly, I'm doing air quotes here, are pretty <laughs> good at uh, coverage in Joe Schobert and Devin Bush, so that might help him out in that matchup there. But uh, I don't think they're too afraid of anything else. If they're able to top those two things, I think they'd have a good chance of winning the game, right. but that's that's a big ask. 
Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it you know, obviously we talk about the cliche about time of possession and feeding the back and all that, but it's like if the Steelers can block Miles Garrett on the D line, the Steelers mm-hmm. can win. If they can't, then the Browns can can win by ten or fourteen. And, and you got a rookie left tackle here, mm-hmm. and you would hope, you would think that they would put their big tight end over there, Zach Gentry. He um, is about 6'7", 250 or whatever. By far their best blocking tight end. He doesn't do much more than that. But they can't leave that guy, Dan Moore Jr., alone on Miles Garrett. I know Garrett likes to flip around, but why would he go to the other side when you got the rookie <laughs> from Texas A&M over there who's not been bad? I mean, he's been up and down. Uh, so that's why I think Chooks for who was the right tackle or still is, he gets beat so easily on speed rushes that I think that's why you got to put Banner back in there and force Garrett to at least one side to choose over. So at least you know where he's at. You mentioned Schobert. Uh, Joe Hayden's still over there. How are those guys playing? Oh, they're glad to be out of Cleveland. It was funny. <laughs> I mean, not to rip on Cleveland or anything because I don't do that, but they did. I mean, the show was like the first three games. He goes, I don't understand this. I finally count because his record. You look at his all-time record, it was like yeah. 14 and 72 or whatever it was. Right. He goes, I finally come to Pittsburgh, think I'm going to win, and I'm like one and three. <laughs> he's like, what's going on here? But uh, Schobert's, uh, he's been specialized in a lot of um, covers type of situations. He hasn't really made any splash. He's just got to just blend it in so far, which is better than what they had last year. And Hayden, he's still playing at a pretty high level. I mean, you're not seeing him get beat a ton. You're not getting see, seeing him getting thrown at a bunch. He's 32. He's in great shape. He can still run. Um, I mean, if Cleveland knew this five years ago, they probably wouldn't have got written rid of him because he's. Yeah. I mean, he means everything. I mean, he's he's the leader of the defense. He's the voice of the the defense. He's a great, still a pretty substantial player in this defense, and uh, so. Still playing well. Plus, he's a hell of a nice guy. He is. But both those guys are good guys, and you root for them, yeah. uh, you know, for sure. And I think Cleveland fans do root for them outside of this week and, and week 17 when it comes around. Um, two more, Mark, and then and then we're out of here. Um, bigger, bigger than this game. You know, is the Steelers defense still good enough to push them, you know, to to be a playoff contender? I think the big thing is now is they got to get stuff onto it back. He, I mean, he's been going through a lot of things here. Um, I don't know if anybody your listeners know, but his brother got hit by a car right before, uh, sometime during OTAs and was killed. His mother had a hard time dealing with it. He had to help his mom. His mother, his head wasn't there. He wasn't around for OTAs. He comes into training camp to get into shape, messes up his knee. Uh, I think he had surgery, although they don't tell us anything. Um, so he's been working his way back. And if they can get him back playing at that level, mind you, he had, 10, he had 11 sacks last year from a defensive line mm-hmm. position. And if you can get him back, that makes that defense a whole heck of a lot better because you still got, you know, you still got TJ Watt. We haven't even mentioned him yet. Uh, you got some, so, Devin Bush is another guy I mentioned. He's a guy that's, Almost a year, a little bit more than a year now is when he tore up his knee against Cleveland. And that usually takes a year for you to get back to 100%. He hasn't been 100%. He hasn't played well. So maybe he'll have a better second half of the season. So I think they have the opportunity, but they have to get – I think a lot of it's based on if Tua comes back because you can't keep playing 
guys like Henry Mondo and Mrs. Loudermilk's son. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Browns fans, it was three years ago this weekend. It got beat so bad in Pittsburgh. They fired Hugh and Todd Haley on the same day the next day. So it feels like 30 and how far the organization has come. <laughs> and it brings us, Mark, to a really big game uh, on, on Sunday. I am going to go 20-17 to 17 Browns. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I think the run I'm game will be enough, and I think Miles Garrett will be enough. What do you think? Yeah, uh, see, I'm not worried that much about Miles Garrett. Uh, I am definitely worried about the run game, and I think it's – I just – what I've seen from the Steelers and who they have available to them, they can, I don't know how they're going to stop the run game. I mean, if Darren Johnson can get 150 yards, and like I said, I probably could have got seven yards or eight yards <laughs> per carry in, in that game. Maybe not. I had to uh, not, and not <laughs> take anything away from Darren Johnson, but uh, there are some significant gaping holes in there, and I think you're going to see that more than often. They're going to be able to control the ball. I think the Browns are going to win. I think it's going to be very similar to that Denver game, maybe 20 to 14 yeah. brownies. Yeah, low, low scoring, um, conservative play. I, I think both teams will take shots early. Like, you know, Ben's yeah. had a week to get healthy, and they've had a, a chance to kind of study. I, I look him to try it early. Um, the Browns, you know, I, I don't know if Baker can rip it down the field, and we'll see. Um, I don't even know that it will be Baker, but but I do agree with you. That, that the Steelers, no personal disrespect, need yeah. to be more concerned about the run game than who's playing quarterback. Oh, they're worried about it. Trust me about that. <laughs> yeah. You could be worried about it, but that doesn't mean you're going to stop it. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> All right. He's Mark Caboli. Uh, we think he's always our guest when the Browns and Steelers get together. We'll be back for the AFC North whip around um, on Friday morning. We thank you for listening. We thank you for reading everything on The Athletic. Uh, counting down to Sunday, 1 o'clock for Synergy Stadium, Browns and Steelers. It's a big one. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank <laughs> you.